0: time this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom i'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart they've got passion for god they're leading intercession on their schools they're set apart consecrated under god they've got a vision and a mission for their life all right i want to talk to you a little bit tonight about uh, i've kind of entitled the message poverty of the heart So we're going to talk a little about this. I want to jump in. I want to read to you out of Matthew chapter 19. So if you bought your Bibles or if you have your phones and you want to get on them for this moment to look at your scripture and look at your Bibles, please do that. Matthew chapter 19. We're going to start with verse 16. And I want to just kind of read this. Let's read this together. The scripture will also be on the screen up here. Starting with verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. I mean, there's so many. Which commandment do you want me to keep? Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, then you can come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. I want to keep reading just a little bit further. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. By the way, all of us here in America are rich compared to the rest of the world. Not to scare you, but I'm just saying. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Yeah. Then Peter said to him, Man, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Is that just like Peter? That's, that's a, I'm going to preach on Peter someday. That's just like Peter. What are we going to get out of this, Jesus? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of man sits on his glorious throne... You who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone who has given up houses, listen to this part, everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or a father or mother or children or or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. That many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem least important Now will be the greatest, then. Powerful little scripture there. And this is such a sad story to me, especially the first part of what I read. A sad story. I mean, you've got this rich young ruler who just couldn't seem to see the value of eternal things or recognize eternal benefit of the uh, the eternal benefit of following Jesus. Now, I believe that. This man, this rich young ruler, he really did believe that Jesus was the Messiah. I believe that. I mean, why else would he be asking a question to Jesus about eternal life? Why would he do that? And why would the man turn away in despair at Jesus' answer if he didn't really believe that this was the Son of God, if he really didn't believe that he was the Messiah. I mean, if he really didn't believe the Messiah and he didn't like Jesus' answer, I mean, this guy would have, uh, uh, wouldn't have walked away visibly upset. I mean, if he would have thought Jesus just to be another teacher or a rabbi, I mean, he would have just kind of reacted, he, he would have reacted much differently. He would have been like, whatever, dude. I mean, I don't care what you say. I don't agree with that. I don't care. Whatever. You know, you're, you're, you're on something. You're nuts. But he didn't. He walked away sad. He walked away upset. He couldn't look past the stuff. Everybody say stuff. He couldn't look past the stuff in his life. The possessions, the money. In fact, he kind of lied to Jesus in this whole, this whole conversation. He told Jesus that he kept all the commandments from his youth. And, and this was in the response of Jesus' instruction. And as he walks away sad... His sadness reveals his guilt. I mean, how many of you know what the first commandment is? Exodus chapter three, verse, or Exodus chapter twenty, verse three: "You shall have no other gods." Thank you, Diego, for shouting that out. I appreciate that. No other gods before me. What was the rich man's god? Money, possessions, stuff. He loved his possessions more than the thought of following Christ. Or get this, even the thought of eternal life. I mean, there's a huge contrast between when Jesus calls this man, the rich young ruler, to follow him, and when Jesus calls the disciples, the guys who chose to follow Jesus. There's a huge contrast that takes place here. Scripture says in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus saw Peter and Andrew fishing and called to them, he called to them and said, man, come follow me. You know what the scripture says? Scripture says they dropped their nets immediately and followed. When these disciples dropped their nets, they were saying to God, to Jesus, my livelihood and my possessions, they don't matter. All that matters is following you. You know what matters right now today for you? I know you guys are making decisions. I know a lot of our juniors and seniors think, man, where am I going to go to school? What am I going to do? Am I going to do an internship? Where am I going to go? Am I going to go here? Am I going to go there? Am I going to take a year off? Am I going to work, save money, so I'm going to buy a car? You know, whatever the, the argument is going on inside of you, inside your head, there's really only one thing you need to worry about today. And every day. Following Jesus. Am I following Jesus. Just a little further down the beach, after Jesus had already called Peter and Andrew, Jesus runs into James and John, two more of his disciples. They were brothers, they were in a boat, and they were fishing with their dad. Sounds like fun. I love fishing with my dad, it's a great time. I mean, it was, it was kind of the family business that they were in, and, and the family depended on James and John to bring home the goods. You know what I'm saying? I mean, their livelihood. I mean, the money coming in, the bread that they were going to eat that week. I mean, it depended upon James and John bringing home some fish, which, which turned into money when they sold the fish. So it was a family business. Jesus calls to them out in the boat with their father fishing come follow me. James and John, they drop their nets immediately. They leave their dad in the boat with a fishy mess. And they follow Jesus. They communicated the same way that Peter and Andrew, they they too communicated that our livelihood, our future, now is unknown, but our future, nor our family, because they left their dad in the boat, nor our family. These things are not as important. They do not compare with following Christ. Yeah. So here's what I want you to do, a little activity real quick. I'm going to give you about two minutes and two minutes only. There's, a large, there's large stretches of paper across the front of this room. Large stretches of paper. Now, let's make a list together tonight. I just want you to come up if you have something in your mind, something pops in, something you're like, yeah, this is it. I know the answer to this question. I want you to come up and I want you to write it on this piece of paper. Now, don't write it in like font 12 where I can't read it. You know, write it. Write it Write a little bit bigger words or letters. You know, write it, okay? Big. Don't write either. Print. Easier for me to read. So we're going to make a list together. We're going to make a list of what you would consider that people or our culture, people in our culture, would treasure. What would they deem as valuable? What would they see as, yes, this is valuable to me. This is a treasure to me. Stuff in today's world that people couldn't live without, seemingly. You'd think they couldn't live without. Without it As they seem to worship these things I mean I want, so I want you to, What I want you to do is walk up I want you to write those things down Another way of putting it would be say What are the things on people's lives That compete with wholeheartedly following Jesus And what are the things that kind of take the place of Jesus In our culture today You have two minutes Come up, write down your thoughts Write big Money I see that one, that's good Write big, write big Plenty of time Power, I like that one, whoever wrote that one It's good Relationships Saw that one We're going to come back to these a little bit later in the service It's (laughs) good That's funny This is good, this is good Come on, if you got one on your heart, come up and write it down good one. Like, yeah, this is it. Oh, I like that, Brady. That's the size I want. I can read that easy. Like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like these. You guys are smart. You guys see this stuff. A marker. <laughs> I'm throw it at David. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is Corey still here? Corey leave? No? David is writing something about Corey up here. I just want someone to let him know that. That's good, about 30 more seconds, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Good job guys. Love it. This is good. There's a lot of water in these buckets. All right, that's great. So what we're going to do, we're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to this in just a little while. First, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of these things. Now, I'm just reading some of these right now, and I'm going to read some out loud in a little bit. But man, you guys really do have some incredible insight into our culture. I mean, this wasn't just revealed to you. I mean, this is because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and he's opening your eyes, and you're seeing culture for what it is. And you're seeing some of the things that people make God's. In their lives. I love some of the stuff you guys put. You guys are smart. Okay, so we're going to come back to that in just a few minutes. I want to give you some statistics on consumerism tonight. Everybody know what consumerism means? It means all the stuff that we want to buy and get and have and want and all that other stuff. Consumerism. So let me give you the definition. The fact or practice of an increasing consumption of goods. Consumerism. So, children, I'm not calling you children, I'm saying children, little children, children. The average American child watches an estimated, or, or, or watches an estimate between 25,000 and 40,000 television commercials per year. 25,000 and 40,000 television commercials per year. 15 to 17 billion is spent by companies advertising to children. In the U.S., every year, every year, fifteen to seventeen billion. All right, the marketing that these companies spend, the money they spend, is absolutely worth it to the company. Because teens in the U.S. Let me talk about teenagers for a minute. Because teens in the U.S. spend around one hundred and sixty billion a year, teenagers. Teenagers alone, there's about 33 million teenagers in our nation right now. 33 million. 33 million spend 160 billion a year. Children spend around 18 billion a year. Children, tweens—it's like eight to 12-year-olds spend. I don't even like that word tweens. It just kind of, kind of makes me go, oh. oh. Makes me cringe. It's kind of sissy-sounding. <laughs> tweens. I don't even like it. I don't even know what to call them. Eight to 12-year-olds. We're not calling them tweens anymore. I don't even like the word. Eight to 12-year-olds spend about $30 billion a year. Children and teens influence parental, parental purchases totaling over $130 to $670 billion a year. You guys are influencing your parents to spend money on you. See how much influence you have? Come on. You got all kinds of influence. So, the average American teenager spends six hours a week shopping. Did you know that? Average American teenager, six hours a week. How many of you spend six hours a week? Don't be bashful. Let's be honest. I knew Victoria was going to raise her hand. I knew it. I looked at her when I said that. She smiled. I knew it. I love it. All right, average American teenager spends six hours a week shopping and 93% of the American teenage girls report, not guys, girls, report that store hopping is their favorite activity. Their favorite activity, 93% of 33 million young people. Let's talk about how much we waste here in America. Let's talk about how much we waste The waste generated each year in the U.S. would fill, catch this, a convoy of 10 ton trucks, 145,000 miles long, over halfway to the moon. Let me say it one more time. Get it in perspective here. The waste generated each year just by the U.S., just by the things we throw out, the things that we scrape off our plates, the things that we just waste, would fill a convoy Of 10-ton trucks, 145,000 miles long, over halfway to the moon. You know, it's 25,000 miles if you went all the way around the world. If you went all the way around the road, it's 25,000 miles. This is saying that the waste that we have is 145,000 miles, almost six times. Six times around the world. So by the time each of you reach 75 years old, how many of you ever thought about when you're going to be 75? Oh, you have? Wow. That's great. I guess. (laughs) All right, by the time you reach 75 years of age, statistics prove you will have produced 52 tons of garbage. 52 tons of garbage. You would have consumed 43 million gallons of water That's a lot of time spent in the bathroom, peeing. (laughs) 43 million gallons of water. You would have used 3,375 barrels of oil. Americans compromise 5% of the world's population. Don't miss this either. Americans, our nation, we compromise 5% of the world's population. While we consume 30% of the world's resources. 30% 30% of the world's resources. The amount of energy used by one American is equivalent, listen to this, to that used by three Japanese, six Hispanics, 14 Chinese people, 38 Indians, I might get this last one wrong, or this next one wrong, it's people from Bangladesh, I, Bengalis, that's how I say, I was like, Bengalis? Bengalis? That was the David's office. How do I say Beng- Bengalis, yes. 168 Bengalis. 531 Ethiopians. We consume the same amount as 531 people in Ethiopia. A person in the U.S. causes 100 times more damage to the global environment than a person in a poor country. The percentage of all humanity who owns a car, 8%. 8% of humanity owns, how many of you, how many of your parents own cars? Everybody. The percentage of all humanity on the planet is 8%. The percentage of American households who own a car, take a guess. Is it up there? Take a guess. Almost, switch it. Eighty-nine. Eighty-nine percent of Americans own cars. So listen, I gave you these statistics. We read through these statistics because there's a huge difference in our society between need and want. Do you agree with me? Huge difference in our society between need and want. I mean, we look at what is written on uh, the paper that's stretched out across the floor about what we consider treasures and the difference really begins to stand out. I mean, when we start reading these things, I mean, all of a sudden, man, oh, you're right on. This is what our culture values. These are the things that stand out. When you think of uh, the needs, when you think of our needs, needs, not once, when you think of our needs, what should we consider as needs? What we truly need not what we want but what we need so let's talk about want versus need what are they exactly what let's try to define these just for our own our own hearts a need is something you have to have something you can't do without a good example is food you can't do without food if you don't eat you won't survive for very long many people have gone days without eating but they eventually eat you might not Need a whole lot of food, but you got to eat something. You need something to survive. A want. A want is something you would like to have. It is not absolutely necessary, but it would be a good thing to have. A good example is music. Music is not absolutely necessary to survive or to live, but man, it's great to have music. I mean, music is your language, it's one of the definitions of your generation. I mean, A lot of your feelings, emotions, those things are birthed in music and the things that you're listening to. So, music. Now, some people might argue that music is a need because they think they can't do without it, but you don't need music to survive. You do need to eat. These are general categories, of course, but there's some categories that have both needs and wants. For instance, food could be a need or a want, depending on what type of food. Think about ice cream, for example. Now, for many of us, ice cream is a want. For me, it's a need. <laughs> we can talk about that later. But see, you need, you need to eat protein, you need vitamins, and you need minerals. I get mine from ice cream. But that's besides the point. How you get them is up to you and your family. You can eat meat, nuts, you can eat soy products, and you can get the protein. You can eat fruits and vegetables and get vitamins and minerals. You can eat eat yogurt and cheese and get other vitamins and other minerals. And You can eat bread and still get even more vitamins and more minerals. All this stuff are the basic needs of your body. Now, ice cream, in all seriousness, is probably a want. Probably. stretching me here. You don't really need to eat ice cream to survive. You can eat it to get some vitamins and minerals maybe, but other foods like cheese and yogurt give you way more of those same vitamins and minerals without giving you, you know, all the fat that ice cream does. So still, ice cream tastes good to many people. They like to eat it. They want it, but they don't need it. They like it, but they don't have to have it to survive. Do you agree with me? We're on the same page. All right, another example is liquid. Liquid. We need, saw, good thing no one was sitting right there because I just spit. Another, I need some of that liquid back. I think I'm getting parched. Another example is liquid. Your body has to have liquid to survive. Water is a good liquid to drink because it keeps you healthy. Milk and fruit juice, they're also good because they give you vitamins and minerals, or back to the vitamins and minerals. Your body needs without giving you the excess sugar found in some of the other drinks, like Coke. How many of you like Coke? How many of you like Pepsi better than Coke? Oh, wow. Wow, Dan's not here tonight to defend Coke. Okay. So, talk about Coke. I mean, you drink a Pepsi or a Coke or a Mountain Dew or a, a Sprite, I guess, and you feel good because it tastes good. But do you need Coke to survive? No. My wife does. But most people don't means everybody else does it. So, these are different things between needs and wants. So, are you beginning to see the difference? You see the difference between a need and a want. So, here's a little quiz for you. You're going to do this quiz in your head and remember remember your answers. There's only five. So, you don't need to shout it. You can't shout it out. I don't care. So, is shelter a want or a need? For me, it's a need. I mean, I think scripture even backs that up. I mean, you need shelter. Shelter is a need. Is a car a want or a need? <laughs> it's a want. What about an iPod? A want or a need? A want. How about a pet? Is a pet a want or a need? <laughs> Some of you guys love your pets. <laughs> Finally, what about school? <laughs> Is education a want or a need? That's not a need to survive. I mean, you could survive. It's a want. It's a want. So here's some needs for you. Needs. Let me just run off a list of needs food, water, clothing, a job, shelter, place to rest, safety, security, hope, to love people, and to be loved by people those are needs so now it's okay to want things i just wanted to kind of put that in perspective for you now remember those statistics that we talked about that we read just a little bit earlier i want you to listen keep those in mind i want you to listen to matthew chapter 6 19 through 21 says do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or where thieves can break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be also. So let me just look. Let me just look and see what was written on this paper. This, these are the things that our culture treasures. iPhone, electronics, vehicles. Social networks. I love this one. Power, that's huge. Power, friends, media, themselves. I like that one too. Themselves. Oh, I'm going to get in front of that speaker. I don't think I, can I can I go around the speaker? Can I go in front of the speaker without it going nuts? Image. I like image. Boyfriends, girlfriends. That's a good one. That's a good one. Never mind. We'll save that for May. <laughs> David's going <laughs> to preach or no, Never mind Okay uh, TV shows Movie Movies That's good Video games Sex Entertainment Popularity Oh that's a good one Popularity Fun for life Let me, let me run over here and get the other side These are good These are good Social networking. Yes, call of duty. That can be a God for some people who can't control it. Lust. What is this? Romance. Ooh, romance. Do teenagers really have romance? (laughs) Again, that's a subject for me. Me. Homework. Homework. (laughs) Hey. If homework is your God, you need counseling. (laughs) All right? (laughs) We'll talk to you about that. All right? Expensive clothing. Oh, that's a good one for your culture. That's great. TV, our own comfort, pride, wealth, fitting in. I like that. Fitting in. Television, relationships, jobs, friends, popularity. Ha, black ops, too. Another one there. Women, money, internet, Facebook. All that. stuff. Man, this is great insight. These things that we just read and all the other things on there, I haven't seen a bad one up there. But man, these are all things that our culture deems as things worthy of their worship. Now, they may not say that. They may not come right out and say, yeah, these things right here, these... They might not come out and say, yeah, these, these are worthy of my worship. But they... They, they make this statement by their time spent, their actions, what they focus on, what they allow to, um, you know, what they allow to just remain in their minds, what, they, what, they, what their thoughts are consumed on throughout the day. All of these different things say that, yes, these things are worth my worship. They're worth it. I prove it by my actions. Prove it by my time. Prove it by what I talk about and what I think about. So I ask you tonight, where does your heart fall? I just want to have just a a God moment here for just a minute. Where do you fall on these things? Are some of these things that we listed, some of the things that I rattled off there, Do some of those things take the place of Jesus? Do they consume more energy and more time than Jesus does? Are they things that you focus on more than you focus on Jesus? Begin to think about, are there things in my life that, yeah, I I might want them? It might be stuff. It might be possessions. It might be power. It might be, you know, money. It might be pot. Yeah, I want these things but are the wants what we need to be focused on? Or maybe we need to spend more of our time and energy exploring our own needs and being, I like what Brayden said during prayer, being, being, what did you say? <laughs> Jesus in our own skin, what did you say? Jesus with skin on. Jesus with, with our skin on, Yeah. We'd be the hands and feet of Jesus and helping supply other people's needs as well. So where does your heart fall? What are those things that you feel like, these things are kind of controlling me, controlling my time, what I think about? Do your dreams and ambitions line up with God's plan for your life? I mean, do do you live for the next big video game to come out or for the next time you get paid so that you can go buy the five things or more that you have on the list that you really, really want? Do you live? Does that excite you? Do you anticipate with great anticipation? Or do you live to be Christ in this fallen world? Do you live to encounter Him? Do you live to have intimacy with Him? I was in a prayer room today and Dan was leading worship and Amy was praying. It was powerful. It was powerful. as like, God, may we want you. May we hunger for you alone. May we pursue you. May you and what you're all about be what we are all about. May it be what we want to show Christ to students that you walk by every day. Maybe that's something we should begin to desire and want to be Jesus to the people we encounter every day in life. To teach others that there's a better way to live. To serve those around you and help those who are in need? I mean, have you? And ask yourself this question. Man, have you dropped your nets to follow Jesus? Have you dropped your dreams to follow your good dreams to follow God's great dreams? Have you and are you able to say, nothing in this life, power, Popularity, possessions, even family, even some of the things that are good. But God, I'm not going to let any of these things stop me from following you, from serving you. I'm ready to drop my nets. Drop them. Say, God, I'm about you. This moment, this point on I'm going to follow you. You see, in Jewish culture, it was only the best of the best students that a rabbi would ask to come and kind of be his, I don't know what word, uh, an apprentice or a, uh, his disciple, yeah. It was only the best of the best students, the people that were at the top of the class. And many, many, many young Jewish Boys, men, weren't asked. And if you were asked, if you were asked to, to, by a rabbi, by a teacher, say, and they said, I want you to come, be my disciple, come follow me, then that, and you said yes, then that meant, yeah, I want my life to look exactly like this person's life. I want to believe exactly what this person believes. I want to have the same philosophy that this person has. I mean, you are, you are going to be their disciple, So when Jesus was walking down that beach, Peter and Andrew, James and John, they weren't selected. For some odd reason, I don't know what it was, but they weren't at the top of their class. They were probably down a lot lower. Here's this rabbi, this teacher, that shouts out to him. And remember, this is a great honor and privilege to be asked by a rabbi or a teacher to be his disciple. And Jesus comes. He says, come follow me. And they drop everything. And they follow Jesus and they say, Jesus, I want to be just like you. Teach me. I want to look like you. I want to think like you. I want to believe like you. I want to do the things that you're doing. How many of us tonight... I'm just going to have a, a moment right here. I wasn't going to do this, but I feel like I need to. Let me rephrase the question. How many of you are still holding on to your nets? You're still holding on to some of these things that our culture deems as gods, things we worship, things that are precious and important and bring us happiness. How many of us are holding on to some of these things when instead, man, we We should roll this paper up, set it on fire, and throw it in the dumpster. Because for us, and each and every one of you sitting in this room tonight, Jesus has looked you in the eyes, and he said, come follow me. He's sent you an invitation. He's giving you an invitation. Come follow me. Be my disciple. Think like I do. Do the things that I do. Just think about that. Let that consume your mind for a while. The healings, the miracles, the, 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 the presence, the anointing, the power, the, the info. Do what I do. Come follow me. Be the difference maker in this world. Be the light to this world. Be the salt to the earth. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Step up to the call. Step up to the invitation. Say, Jesus. this world is more important than you. If you're in here tonight, two groups of people, I'm gonna ask to stand. Here's the first group. If you're in here tonight, and you have never said yes to the invitation of Jesus to allow him to come to live inside you, allow him to come to forgive you of your sin, to allow him to come, And take control of your life. never said yes to Jesus. To that invitation, that's the, the most important decision you'll ever make. That decision right there to say yes to Jesus. Yes, God, redeem me. Yes, God, restore me. Yes, God, I want a relationship with you. Yes, God, I believe in you. I believe that you speak to us today. I believe you work through us today. God, I believe you have the best plan in the world for me. You've, you've got plans for me that you've prepared for me. I mean, you've got everything lined up. God, I need to trust you, live with you, walk with you, Talk like you, learn from you. If you've never accepted that invitation and you want to tonight, and say, I want to make God Lord of my life. Or maybe you did at one point, maybe you did as a child, and you just kind of you know just kind of let it off to the side and put it on the side burner, and you just, you know, haven't even really thought about it, haven't done anything about it, you're not pursuing God, and man, you just you're ready. You're ready, man. I want Jesus. I want Jesus to live in me. I want Jesus to fill me. I want to be anointed and empowered by his Holy Spirit. I want to be the light to the world. If you've never made that decision to receive Christ, I want to ask you to stand right now, and we're going to pray for you. Just stand right where you are. Be bold and courageous. That's what we need in this generation, bold and courageous young men and women. Just stand. The other group that I want to call is if you have accepted Christ, you've received Jesus, you profess Him as Lord, you profess Him as God. But in reality, when you take a look at your life, the things that are written on this paper, these things have become God. This is where your mind is. These things are where your thoughts dwell. These are the things you hold dear. These are the things you get excited about with great expectation. The stuff written on this paper, and not Jesus. And if that's you, that means you haven't dropped your nets. You haven't dropped everything and given up everything. So, man, God, I'm gonna follow after you wholeheartedly nothing's going to stop me from getting to you. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to run after you. I'm coming after you. I'm going to where you are, Jesus. If, if you stop, Jesus, I'm stopping. If you're walking, you're, I'm walking. If you're running, man, I'm right on your heels. I'm not letting you out of my sight. If that's you tonight, and you just want to make that commitment, and say, God, I dropped my nets. I want to be your disciple, Jesus, your disciple. I want you just to stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet right now. That's good. Amen. Let's pray. And then I have a little exercise we're going to do together. Dear Holy Father, I thank you for these young men and women who have stood and just said, God, I want to give you all of my life. I don't want to hold anything back. God, whatever you ask me to do, I will do. My answer to you, Jesus, will be yes. Lord, Yes. Have your will and have your way in me. I dedicate and commit my life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to walk in your presence. Empower me to live every day for Jesus. Every day when I get up, the only thing that matters is am I following Jesus today? Jesus, where are you? Jesus, what are you up to? Jesus, what are you doing? Jesus, include me, involve me, teach me, train me. Jesus, today, I follow you. God, I pray that you would anoint these young people. Pour your spirit upon them. May they live every day with the calling of the Lord upon their lives. Every day with his purposes, his intentions, Father. We prayed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.